Yeah, a lot of people dress nice. You will see people, especially girls, uh, dressing really good just to go to the supermarket. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. Definitely. And even just to hang out in the afternoon in the street, they dress as if they want to go partying or something. Yeah. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Chats in the City, where each episode we'll chat with our guests about the city they live in and their experiences navigating it as a young adult. I hope you all had a lovely holiday, whether it was with family or over Zoom or by yourself with a bottle of wine. No judgment for me here. My family and I spent it trying to get our pet rabbit to participate in a holiday picture. I'm not sure whose idea this was or why we decided to do it. I don't think we've ever taken a picture with a rabbit before. Um, He's not the friendliest animal, but with a lot of bribing with apples and words of affirmation, we were actually able to get him in a family Christmas photo. So that's how our week went. Um, I know it's been a while now that we've been stuck in quarantine, and I don't know about you all, but I'm getting a little bit stir-crazy. I do love traveling Normally, and with all the travel bans now, obviously have not been able to really get out of my home in Seattle or my home back in Illinois, where I'm from. But I will say a trip to a beautiful European city sounds like the best thing right now. But since we can't do that, I've decided to vicariously live through other measures, um, such as a recent obsession with travel food shows. My personal fave recently has been Ugly Delicious, which is a show with David Chang in it, and I've also been catching up with Chef's Table. Um, And that sort of has been feeding my travel and adventure bug at the moment. Uh, The other thing I've been doing is looking through my own memories on Instagram and Snapchat, like they're my exes. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like They represent a past part of my life, and I get super nostalgic looking at memories, especially when memories come up of past trips that I've taken. Um, But it is definitely a way to pass the time now. And the other thing that I've been doing to kind of escape the current reality is by getting into a couple guilty pleasure shows. So I think the one that's been very talked about lately is the show on Netflix called Emily in Paris. Um, It's been very popular. I've been hearing a lot about it, and I was a little bit late to the game, as I am with most TV shows, so I watched it very recently. Um, It was awful. I don't know why everyone is hyping it up so much. I thought it was just... The storylines were terrible. The acting was cheesy. People had been comparing it to Gossip Girl and Sex in the City, and I thought... It had nothing to do in comparison with those other shows. I think the only redeeming factor, actually, for the show was the best friend character, Mindy Chen, um, who's hilarious in the show. I think she's actually really great. And I also just found out that she's a University of Michigan alum. Honestly, she's the best part of the show. Watch it solely for Mindy Chen. Um, But the other positives from the show was the fact that it was set in Paris, It was very picturesque, and there were so many iconic scenic areas in the show that honestly just made me even more jealous of pre-corona times when we could travel. Um, But let's just say I was inspired to learn a bit more. 
So buckle up because we are flying across the globe today in today's episode and taking a virtual trip to Paris. You all thought you were stuck in your sad hometowns for this holiday, but think again. Today, I talked with my French friend, Bastian, who I met while he was studying abroad at the University of Michigan for a semester. Bastian's from the French Comté region, which is in the northeastern part of France, which, fun fact, is famous for the Comté cheese, for anyone who has a love-hate relationship with dairy like I do. Bastian did his undergrad in Bordeaux, France, and he lived and worked in Paris for a year and a half. We talked about the many neighborhoods of Paris, the French work culture, rooftops and rosé, and Parisian pride. And if anything, just listen to listen to him talk in his sick French accent for uh, 30 minutes. Uh, he told me not to hype that up before his interview, but I'm going to do that anyways. But here is the episode. Hi, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. It's a pleasure to be here. What was your path to get to Paris and what did you move out to Paris for? So, um, in France, Paris is the center for everything. Like there is no, not a city even close to Paris in terms of size. I started looking for internships. I was in Bordeaux at the time, so in, in another city. Yeah. For one internship offer in Bordeaux, you would have like maybe 10 or 20 in Paris. So clearly, oh. if you want to find something, you have to apply in Paris. Got it. And I got one and so I started living there for six months. And then, then the year after for 12 months. During this, I did... Three different locations, I think. Three yeah. different locations in Paris? In Paris, yeah. Got it. It's such a big city. I forget that it's not just like everything is in one area in the downtown. Yeah, it's really wide. You, you We call them arrondissements. It's from, it goes from 1st to 20th. So you, you, you go like, I live in the 8th or I live in the 11th. Oh, the neighborhoods are like numbered. Yeah. And so it may be more trendy to live there or there. Did you know about that before you moved out there? Or did you find out when you got there? You find out when you go there. Because when you just hang out in the streets, you clearly realize that some areas are much cooler than others. For example, you, you, you hang out in the like second arrondissement, which is like the main center of Paris. Okay. In, the, in a Saturday there is like so many people everywhere. Like there is the Supreme store and you see, you can see actors and stuff like this. Uh, so what was the like neighborhood number that you were in? So I started in the eight. The eight arrondissement is for which people? Like, okay. <laughs> Live it up, Bastion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know which though. <laughs> That's not what I'm implying. Uh, I lived in like a student residence, so got it. It was kind of random, and but literally the street next to me, like a guy parked his Ferrari every night there. That's awesome. So yeah, that's pretty rich, and that's also near like the Champs Elysees and the Arc de Triomphe. Uh, Champs Elysees is like the main uh, street with all the shops, and it go- Arc de Triomphe is the other main monument next to Eiffel Tower. And there is also Elysee, which is where the president stays. Like, literally, his home is in the 8th, too. Oh, you're in the high fancy area. <laughs> kinda, kinda, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I lived in a, like, 10 square meter room, so it's not fancy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You have to put things in perspective. I would take a prison cell if it meant that I was living in the coolest area. 
Yeah, exactly. You can twist it, <laughs> say what you want. Um, so it was kind of funny. And you get also the main debate in France is like the, the beer price in Paris. Oh, yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. In the eights, I've seen, yeah, $13 for a beer in a random ball. Oh, it would be like 15 US dollars. Yeah, it's even more than US dollars. But it's because it's because there's a lot of rich people there. Yeah, exactly. And it's all also uh, offices, like main investment funds, main banks. So you get to like uh, accommodate the employees when they go out too. Uh. So yeah, it was a really interesting moment for me. But yeah, so like the main thing in Paris, you have the, the river cutting the city in half, like from east to west. And so the living in the north area is way cooler. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, people from the north area will look down on people from the oh. south area as people from Paris will look down on countryside people. I see. There's another level of pretentiousness exactly. in the city. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's all a social class in France, a social uh, fight. Yes. Okay, <laughs> I can see it. So after doing the 8th, I did uh, 14th and 15th, which are in the south area. And it's much cheaper, in my opinion, as someone someone that lived there. Uh, highly respectable. Yeah, I mean, you're not really trying to pay 15 euros for a beer. Exactly. <laughs> that makes sense. So I think people around the world have a very romanticized image of Paris. Um, they kind of see it as like, the city of lights, there's high fashion and fine dining and there is romance and it's very classy. Do you think that stereotype is true to what you've experienced or do you feel like it's overrated? Um, yeah, it's clearly overrated. First thing. <laughs> really? It's clearly a Hollywood cliche. <laughs> so it's not what it's like. It can be what it's like. I mean, it's a good area to shut maybe like fragrance advertising yeah. obviously because what makes it romantic and stuff is like the whole atmosphere and the beautiful uh, buildings i mean it has been built 200 years ago and even like some random building has a lot of details like this in everything right so yeah that makes it really romantic but i, I and for the for the people I mean, the, it's just normal. And, but you can find like, some very romantic spots, of course. <laughs> but otherwise, saying that uh, Parisians are more romantic may be a cliche. That's fair. <laughs> I kind of figured. And I, I feel like a lot of large cities, people kind of also romanticize it. Like, I think people romanticize, like, New York City as well. But yeah, yeah. Um, you're not walking around throwing flowers everywhere that you go on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> it, it can be shitty, too. It can rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was the first thing you did when you arrived in Paris? Like, did you explore? So, yeah, yeah, can, can, definitely. Because Paris is really concentrated. If you walk, uh, like, let's say 30 minutes, you can see a lot. So I would just go like on the weekends with my friends. You see a lot of different areas. You, just, you can just stop for a beer somewhere. I have a friend that is really into vinyls. Oh, like like records, right? Yeah, records, exactly. So we would just go into records. Uh, in the 11th, I mean, this month, which is like the classy and hype one. Yeah. And we would just listen to that. So you can, you really have a lot of different things to do. 
Did you have friends already when you moved there? Or did you meet new friends when you moved to Paris? Um, so I met friends in my student residence, but otherwise a lot of people from my school were also doing the internship. And since everybody goes in Paris, I had friends in Paris as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Even people from high school end up in Paris. Everyone ends up in Paris. Yeah. Even if I did not have an internship in Paris, for example, I would feel like FOMO or like, <laughs> yeah, missing out on a lot of the things because you don't live there. Yeah, yeah. What about like, like, are people friendly just walking around? Like, would you just like talk to people when you're out at coffee shops and stuff like that? Or is it less inviting? So that's a big no. Oh, really? <laughs> Definitely less inviting. Oh. I mean, as someone that lived in the US, it's so different. People as are not friendly. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> Let's funny. Put it this way. Let's not lie. But um, I guess you could ask for help. But if you ask for help, you know it's like maybe i can give you 10 seconds but if you're too long they're like oh i'm leaving <laughs> they just okay. want to do the minimum okay okay it must be kind of hard then if you don't know anyone i mean if you're not from france and you move to paris like mm -hmm. do you think it's hard to meet people i think yeah um maybe yeah because in for example in the u.s you have people from a lot of nationalities and in france maybe I, i'm just saying a random number maybe like 95 per percent of people are French. Oh, I see. And have lived in France their whole lives. So they're not even used to meeting people from other countries. So they don't even know how to react. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I actually, yeah, yeah. I thought that, um, I thought that Paris is pretty diverse as a city. Like, are there, are there a lot of immigrants there? There has been a lot of immigration from like North Africa. I mean, France used to have like colonies like in Algeria. But it's been like two generations now. Yeah, I see. They, are all, they all have French identity. So they're all French. It's not like direct uh, immigrants. And they speak French as well. So we all have this whole country speaking the same language kind of. There is not a lot of people learning French in France. Maybe just half of people can speak proper English. And I'm not judging or anything. You're like, as an English speaker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nah, yeah. As we don't really need English. I mean, some other European countries have a lot of English in their culture, even advertising and movies and stuff. But in France, we're really attached to our language because it's so, I don't know, it's so French. <laughs> obviously. Paris is very French. And that's the biggest takeaway from this conversation. <laughs> that's, yeah. Can, that's my analysis. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, that, that gives a good idea. I know also Paris especially is kind of the center of like high fashion. Do you ever see people walking around in like sweatpants or is that really looked down upon in Paris? Is everyone always dressed nice? Um, yeah, a lot of people dress nice. You will see people, especially girls, uh, dressing really good just to go to the supermarket. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. Definitely. And even just to hang out in the afternoon in the street, they dress as if they want to go partying or something. Yeah. <laughs> we have this in France. It's more seen as like people, uh, when you're young, people in sweatpants are like the bad people of the high school kind of they like, like the bad boys or <laughs> oh the dealers and yeah, yeah exactly okay I that's see. more an image like this ah interesting so, yeah like a walking professional would always 
wear a jean even on the weekend. That is another true cliche. Yeah. I mean, the fashion is one cliche. And then also just Parisians being very like appearance focused. I think the stereotype is like, all the women look like models. Everyone's very slim. Yeah. every Everyone like kind of thinks about body image and appearance uh, very high. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it matters a lot. I mean, a funny story about this. So I'm in finance. I was reading like uh, this typical guide of how to break into finance. There was like a thousand, but one was uh, ge- geographically like uh, specific. And so they were like US, UK, Europe, and then France. France, not in the same as Europe. And France had this extra bullet point in like the checklist was looking good. You have to look good. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, this is like totally discriminatory, but the author said, this is true for France. If you oh. want, like people are going to judge that to recruit you for a job. Wow. So I guess that's part of the whole culture of dressing out and stuff. You just live with that. But yeah, it's kind of discriminatory for sure. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. that that's interesting. So then with the work culture, you're talking about like finance and stuff. I think there's also a stereotype maybe that the French or Paris hours of work are a little bit different than how we think about like work hours here. There's a stereotype that it's a little bit more laid back or there's like longer lunches, longer breaks. Sure, sure, sure. Definitely. That's a whole other important thing for French people. Like we had in uh, 1936, the first socialist law that was able to pass and that was uh, the 35-hour work week. Oh, 35 hours. Okay. Because, I mean, obviously, if you want to work more, you can, but maybe you have to have to contract. I don't, I don't really know. But so we still have this 35-hour work week. Uh, nice. Yeah, so that's, 35 is not a lot when you think about it. It's like yeah, nine to four. People are used to that here. That's funny, though. I, I'd heard of the 35-hour work week, but I didn't know if that was actually a thing there or not. It is. <laughs> Do you feel like there is a pretty high emphasis on like family and leisure time outside of work? Do companies try to promote that? Oh, definitely, yeah. So it's Czech vacances, so Czech and holidays. And you have we have this for restaurants, so... If your company for restaurants, if you don't, if your company don't have a restaurant inside, they give you these tickets that will, for example, it's a 100 euro worth of $10 tickets to eat. So you go to a restaurant, you'd give this ticket and it works as money. But on the, oh. the company sell, I mean, puts that on you like a uh, paycheck, but takes out only 50 of your income so you actually pay 100 worth of food for 50 got it got it okay so they're so they're just giving you nice discounts on food and stuff yeah yeah and we have the same for for holidays so you can have discounts for a lot of different like attraction parks for families and stuff like this oh that's nice yeah i forget about disneyland in paris is huge for families it's so fascinating i've never heard of this I mean, it's part of the uh, the whole system of the government trying to boost economy in France. Yeah. Kind of socialist. It's kind of smart, though. Like, I can see that working out pretty well. What do people do after work in Paris? Uh, yeah, so we have the 
So how do you go after work in... Like a happy hour? Yeah, but like for ski, right? You have a, a word in, in the US. Oh, après ski? Après ski, exactly. So you have après ski, which... I mean, après is, is after in French. After, yeah. In French, we say uh, like after work. It's a word now. I love that. You have a whole term for after work. <laughs> after work in Paris is huge on uh, rooftops, like crazy oh huge. lovely because i mean the city there is no big buildings like in new york or anything there may be like one or two but like they're famous but you can still go to some rooftops and see the city like some bars would really charge you a lot if they have a nice rooftop and they play like techno techno chill music and you stay there until 1 a.m on a thursday night with your like colleagues oh fun you take rosé which is like a Rosé, I don't know if it's famous other than in France. Yeah, rosé, like the wine, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. wine, exactly. We have rosé. <laughs> exactly. The, the pink wine in summer with cigarettes, and that's the perfect afterward. <laughs> oh, that sounds so nice. We don't have a lot of rooftops in Seattle, but I would love to just sit outside after work and, and drink. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Yeah, I guess that's really the culture. People love to do that. So a lot of rooftop bars after work during the week. What about on the weekends? Are people doing similar things or are there other things to do on the weekends too? Yeah, we have an uh, antique market, really like internationally famous, known as hmm. uh, Saint-Ouen. I've been there once. It's really, really huge. You can buy literally anything okay. that you want, like carpets that looks like uh, king's carpets, stuff like this, like stuff from castles, kind of like with gold. And so, yeah, that's really cool to just go and take Instagram pics <laughs> and share with friends yep. and see stuff. I guess people do the same uh, during the weekend. Like rooftops would be also a great thing. What are your What are your favorite places in Paris? Where do you like going when you have free time? Oh, um, it's a student tip. We have this app uh, called Mr. Good Beer, which gives you any price of any, every bar. So you can just find the cheapest beer in Paris and go drink some. Oh, we need that here. Why don't we have an app like that? That's amazing. So you can spend a lot of time like this. And I discovered some great bars. So this app tells you this this bar is cheap. So you just go and sometimes find some, some amazing stuff. That's so great. What is nightlife like in Paris? And what's a typical night out like? Um, so nightlife. So we have in, in terms of music would be in France would be more like techno and electronical. Just like Daft Punk started. Yeah, I was going to say Daft Punk is French. And then David Guetta is French too, I think. David Guetta is French. Yeah, yeah. So we really have all these variations of uh, techno music. So I, I, I really love that. And you can find a lot of, really a lot of different clubs. Um, so typical night would be, it's in terms of schedules, really different from uh, what you find in the US. Really? How so? <laughs> you start playing the, the party at seven. That's early. No, like planning, like texting your friends about it. Oh, planning. Oh. <laughs> planning. Yeah. Okay. That's late. Never mind. That's late. <laughs> that's late. That's like, and you go to a pregame at 10 p.m. You go to, you stay until 1 a.m. and you go to a club at 1 a.m. You stay at the pregame until 1? <laughs> yeah. Or midnight. I'd be like asleep. Yeah. So, and that's really different after because you can stay in the club until seven 
I've done parties where you can stay until 11 or 12, like noon. Wait, 11 or 12 the next day? The next day. Oh, God. So you arrive at 1 a.m. and you, you, you leave at noon. I don't know what sort of things people must be on to make it that long. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that would be for chemical podcast. <laughs> but it's not, even if you don't, like, uh, you can just have fun and, uh, stay a lot of a long time. It's more, but it's more like, yeah, the techno environment makes it so that because the musics are really long. It just, you just blink and it's 4am. You blink again. It's like seven, like the, the sun's come up and. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, otherwise in France, we had like this in the summer, um, outside club. Oh, fun. So that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like a, small festival in the center of Paris, kind of. And you have all these activities next to drinking people with, like, stands. People will try to sell you stuff. And after, next to that, you also have the music and stuff. So it's like a club, but also a small festival, as I was saying. And even during the day, there can be, like, families there. So you know at night it's going to be crazy, but during the day, there's families with uh, the, the kids. Stuff like this. Even with techno music going around, people are here with the kids. Yeah, I like that. It seems like it's a little bit more baked into the lifestyle there. It's not just a nighttime thing or it's not just a thing for like people that are partying. There's also like a lot of art and culture stuff in Paris. I know there's a lot of galleries and museums and shows and things like that. Is that something that you're into also? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally forgot that. That's really something that you can do on the weekends. Uh, but some, yeah, some, we have some so- short term like expositions and you can see some really cool stuff. Like one was so, it's a huge like a uh, shed. You stay and they do this whole show projecting, um, on the, on the walls, projecting famous, um, yeah, paintings with uh, good music. So you have really these short term expositions that you, you hear from your coworkers, you hear from friends of friends and you, everybody just ends, ends up going because it's, it's really good. That's cool. It's 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 way more uh, live and modern and for young people. I like that a lot better, actually. I'm not a big museum person either, but cool exhibitions like that where it's 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 kind of modern, a little bit like techy, and and they're changing a lot. I think. Yeah, it surprises you. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's people want to be surprised. That's true. It sounds like they're like maybe targeting younger audiences a little bit more. It's a little bit more like contemporary. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Paris is called the City of Lights, and I know that's to describe what is like walking around at night in the city. Can you describe walking around Paris at night? I think it's really, yeah, it's really beautiful. When it goes, I don't know, in the summer it would be 9 or 8 p.m. And the sky is not black entirely, it's more like... It's just getting darker. Uh, Blue-gray, Yeah. The street lights, like reflecting on the walls and the buildings. Yeah, if you go to the rooftops and you just, or even if you go to the Eiffel Tower, you go like really at a high point and you look at the city. It's really, it's like these, um, these pictures taken from space and you see all the lights. Oh. Uh, like, you can have this in Paris. I mean, I guess you can have this in other cities as well, but. No, it's really, it's really beautiful. But yeah, I don't know why it's in particular Paris. It's just because people people want to romanticize Paris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, really, you can just yeah, look, walk around and look around and see. 
What's your favorite part about Paris? Yeah, I really like the fact that um, Paris is evolving and becoming more uh, open to uh, international culture. It's like modernizing a little bit. Exactly. Also in terms of um, like the city tries to be green more now. Oh, I see. There are more and more uh, like more spaces for bikes in the city and to put more trees. So I really like the fact that it's going to change for the better. Yeah. Sounds like it's becoming a little bit socially conscious about more like modern issues. Yeah, exactly. That's so good that it's finally here. And a lot of people uh, try to raise awareness on these issues. Right. That's probably pretty new to the culture there too, right? Because it seems like a lot of the culture around Paris is pretty like traditional or like strong in history and stuff. So a lot of this thinking is pretty new. Exactly. Yeah. In fact, we would say like conservative. Yeah. So Hmm. it's really the old school thinking. So I like the fact that it's uh, becoming conscious. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what it sounds like. So uh, I have a segment and this show on Netflix called Emily in Paris is kind of blowing up all over the US. And I don't know how popular it is in other countries or how many other people know about it. But I think people here have like a love-hate relationship with the show. I think people recognize that it's ridiculous in a lot of different ways, but it's kind of like a guilty pleasure. Like it's fun to watch. So I gathered a handful of stereotypes or like ridiculous scenes from the show and this is how they portray Paris as um I wanted to see what you think about it (laughs) or whether it's true or not (laughs) I can already answer no to any (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh, that's that's kind of what I anticipated but let's just see (laughs) the first one is they say that no one in Paris gets to work before 10 a.m in the morning yeah so this has a good relationship with the 35-hour work week. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I would say that's true. People will show up at 9 or 9.30 maximum, but they will take the coffee. You have the coffee time. Oh. Is that a social time, though? Like, do you take coffee with your coworkers? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So you just take coffee with your coworkers and talk about stuff, like random stuff, and you go to work at 10. That sounds good to me. But you don't arrive at 10. You arrive at 9 and pretend to work. And then you take your coffee for an hour. <laughs> exactly. But you, when you tell your friends or family, you said, I went to work at 9. I'm tired. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're never going to mention that coffee hour is just for you. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. So true. Um, <laughs> every single day on the way to work, this character, she grabs uh, like a, I'm going to, butcher this it's like the chocolate croissant right pain au chocolat for breakfast pain au chocolat. yeah exactly. is that a common like on the go to work breakfast it is yeah definitely um i don't because if you if you eat that every day it's full of butter and, and chocolate it's really bad for you <laughs> sure <laughs> but uh otherwise yeah people will love that and all right I mean, we have the best ones in France, obviously. I'm like salivating right now thinking about it. (laughs) No, no, it's very good. Yum. Okay. So true-ish. True. Yeah. True if you're not concerned about your health. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, The next one. In France, a cigarette is a perfectly acceptable replacement for lunch. 
That's definitely false, I can say. <laughs> so people eat food in France. <laughs> yeah, this one also was uh, so criticized in French. Like, crazy. oh really? I mean, yeah, because uh, the show has been also had like a love-hate relationship in France because people were hating on it, but still were talking about it. So true. I still know a lot about the show, even though I didn't watch one minute. <laughs> it's not worth it. Don't uh, yeah, watch okay. it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for my time. But um, so, yeah, never. That would only happen if you're like a, a model and uh, you need to like, lose weight or if you're a crackhead and can't afford a sandwich. Okay. <laughs> so All these right. are the two options. <laughs> Myth <laughs> is busted. Yeah. Um, they also take like, two-hour lunch breaks in the show yeah um, that would be true <laughs> if you work like as an executive and you have clients of course it's if it's tolerated and yeah i guess it happens a lot um, nice. what we say also about paris where i can add is that uh during this uh this work lunch you will drink wine okay wine in the middle of the day exactly it's okay to go back to work uh, tipsy or more than that. Yes, I love that. Parisians are snobby to anyone who isn't from Paris, including other French people. Yeah, definitely. So that's how the, the <laughs> whole like social uh, thing that we have in France. And people from Paris judging for people from the countryside. And people from the countryside will not even call Parisians French people. They will just call them Parisians, right? Oh, it's got its own separate culture almost. Exactly, that's a joke. Like, if if you just uh, meet somebody, this guy was like, "Oh, but this guy's not French; he's Parisian." That means like I despise this person. <laughs> ah, that's funny. You know, you've actually proven true to most of these statements. <laughs> yeah, well, it's okay. I mean, they make it look a lot more like I'm sure they make it very exaggerated on the show because I was I'm watching the show and I'm like, there's no way people are like this. <laughs> That's the thing. But also, I like to say that I mean, it's like sad, but most cliches always have like something to i mean they, they come from somewhere yeah there's like an ounce of truth in it yeah they were this was true but this can't be used as a generalization you know definitely let's say that yeah that makes sense that's all i had but i loved learning about paris this is a lot of fun thank you thank you for inviting me Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking, and I hope you enjoyed the trip abroad. My favorite part of the conversation was when Bastion thought that we don't have rosé in the U.S. <laughs> I'm kidding. I actually learned a lot about Paris life. I think it's definitely worth reading up on before visiting with the cultural pride and the history being so strong that you may or may not get judged for being a tourist. But at the end of the day, it seems like the day-to-day -day isn't too different from what I'd be doing here in the U.S., maybe minus the mid-workday wine breaks. But you'd sure as hell find me also wandering around looking for the cheapest beer deals any day. Subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode, and I will catch you all soon. Bye! Bye!